Electric cars have been all the rage recently. They're an eco-friendly alternative to the average vehicle. Recently, Colorado awarded a total of $24 million to go towards electric school buses. But are we ready for that change? A school district in Fort Carson, outside Colorado Springs, bought its first electric school bus a year ago. The bus is being lauded for how quiet it runs, the ecological benefits it provides, but some still hesitate. Electric buses are 2.5 times the cost of a diesel engine bus. They also take around six hours to charge with standard charging stations. Whether this is feasible long-term remains to be seen. These innovative vehicles may also backfire in key situations, as anyone who's spent time around technology knows. All this to say, though technology has made great advancements, it can still fail us. Whatever kind of vehicles we use, let us remember that our safety and our future is resting in God's hands. Welcome to Haven Today here on Wednesday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called Back to School, Back to Prayer. If you're a Christian and you have children like me, then I know you relate to the desire to pray for them and their safety at all times. When our kids leave the house, our hearts leave with them. It's more than just wanting them to remain physically safe though that is an enormous part of our concern for them, but we pray for their spiritual health too. A lot of our listeners feel the same way. The number one request that we get from listeners and supporters for prayer is for their children. We pray for young children to grow in the faith. We pray for grown children that have wandered away. We pray for children who are going through difficult times in school and for children with chronic health problems. It is so important to pray for the children in our lives. All this week, we've been doing this series to encourage us to be praying for the kids in our lives. Well, in a little bit, we're going to be joined by a homeschooling couple in Nevada. And they'll share with me how they have modeled prayer in their home and how their kids are beginning to pray on their own. And we'll also go to the words of Jesus and look at his prayer life and what it can teach us. But first, I want to go back to North Carolina and meet up again with Melissa Kruger. She's the author of Five Things to Pray for Your Kids. But more importantly, she's a Christian mom who has learned over time just how important it is to pray for them. I asked her to share with us why it is indeed so important to be praying for the kids in our lives. I would just love to invite anyone who's an adult to pray for younger people in our lives because the reality is we're facing you know a culture and a world um, and just an educational system in some ways that is filling their minds with things that's not true Um, and what we I think as adults can look out and see is that the gospel is the hope for these children Um, not that they can go their own way not that they can make any decision for themselves but actually that they can walk with Jesus and so as if we as adults join together rather than sitting around fretting anxiously (laughs) which is a temptation to watch the nightly news and say what's happening to our world 
Well, that doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But we can actually go before the Lord in prayer and take, He invites us, cast all your anxiety on me because I care for you. And so we can take all these things as adults. We might look at this world and be so anxious about, but the Lord, the Lord can do amazing things. And I, I think of a prayer I often prayed um, that my children would be oaks of righteousness, a planning of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Um, it's a prayer from Isaiah. And that these little seeds would grow up to be strong oaks of righteousness in the midst of a world that desperately needs the shade of the gospel. Mm. You know, like that they would grow up to be those type of people who can stand firm in the midst of the storms of life. And we can pray. We can pray um, prayers that change the world. Melissa, you are a special person. And uh, thank you for just gracing us with uh, this time together here on the program. Thank you, Charles. I'm so thankful for the time we've been spending with Melissa Kruger in our program this week. And I would like you to spend time with her short but sweet prayer guide called Five Things to Pray for Your Kids. This book is filled with scripture and prayer prompts that will help you pray daily for the children in your life. And it's easy to use over and over again. So for your gift to Haven today, I want to send you five things to pray for your kids. The number to call after the program, 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can visit our website, watch the video we put up with Melissa, and check out the sample chapter. And then make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now let's open with a song that relates to what we're talking about this week. It's sung for us by Mark Harris. Find your wings. It's only for a moment you were mine to hold. The plans that heaven has for you will all too soon unfold. So many different prayers I'll pray for all that you might do. But most of all, I want to know you're walking in the truth. And if I never told you, I want you to know that as I watch you grow, And that faith gives you the courage to dare to do great things. I'm here for you, whatever this life brings. So let my love give you roots and help you find your wings. May passion.
That's Mark Harris and a song he wrote for his children called Find Your Wings here in a haven today called Back to School, Back to Prayer. Praying for our children is a spiritual exercise, or it should be. For some, praying for your kids is something you reserve for just desperate moments. Maybe they're backsliding in their faith or they're going through a rebellious season. That's when we begin to pray. Now, I'm not saying that if you pray for your kids daily and make it a spiritual exercise for yourself that they won't walk away from the Lord or they won't have rebellious seasons. I'm not saying that you won't grow distant. Prayer isn't a cookie cutter, and it isn't something we do to get the Lord to act the way we want. He's not a genie. But as Janet and I prayed and still pray day by day for our children, there's something I've noticed It wasn't the Lord acting spontaneously to grow their faith. I noticed the Lord gradually growing my heart for them and leading me to spend more intentional time with them. I would pray for them and truly ask the Lord to work. And this grew my love for my children. It made me want to spend time with them, more time, and to see where the Lord was working in their life. Prayer grows our capacity to love as well. Well, a moment ago, I said we were going to meet up with a couple in Nevada. They live not too far from beautiful Lake Tahoe. We asked Eric and Jolene Gadat to share with us how they model prayer in their home and how the Lord has used that in their three boys' lives. Some of the areas that we look at incorporating prayer with our family and when within our kids and is praying together as husband and wife with our children all at the same time. We pray together before meals. Um, We also offer it to the kids if one of them would like to pray as well to be able to ask for blessing upon the food in the day. Um, We do it um, in the morning when we start our day with our kids. Um, We also do it in regards to Bible study as family uh, corporate worship. So before or after dinner, um, we'll uh, put things aside and start our family devotion time. And then we'll ask, you know, for the Lord to uh, bless us as we go to open his word. Um, the only would even be during times at church when we see an email come out or a text come out that says, you know, emergency, please pray. And then we'll stop and we pray together. Or even one of the kids will have a difficult day um, and they'll say, Papa or Mama, I'm just having a hard time today. Can you please pray with me? And they'll pray. Um, I would say also learning to pray as a form of reconciliation, mm-hmm. um, seeking God's kindness and helping us to reconcile ourselves to each other. Um, When we speak in anger or frustration or there's hurt feeling amongst siblings, calling it out biblically and saying that's not treating in kindness, that's not loving as our Lord loves us, and then seeking each other's forgiveness and then praying through that, praying for the Holy Spirit to help us to speak in a manner that is loving and gentle and pleasing and honoring to our Father in heaven. And also teaching our children, I think this is really important, that we can't do anything outside of the Lord's help. We are Mm -hmm. completely dependent on Him. So we recently had a homeschool day that was really, really rough. And we got halfway through the day, and I realized I I had not been faithful to have a, a countenance and a heart seeking the Lord's help before we started the day. And it did make a difference, right? Because I was leaning on my own ability and my own power to control my environment and control my children. 
And then just saying like, boys, I'm sorry. Like we need to pray right now for the Lord's help to reset and restart this day and not power through because mom's just trying to get our subjects done, but we're trying to do this to honor the Lord. So I think modeling that prayer is um, constantly pointing to our dependence on God. Christ was a living example and showing us how he prayed with the Lord's prayer. Um, and kind of like we were talking sometime about, you know, our kids could be parrots um, and they do, they parrot back what we do. And it's, it's in regards to, Hey, our, our kids are watching everything we do. That even involves prayer and how we approach our, our heavenly father's throne um, and seeing them start to carry that out as well and encourage them with that to not just mimic it as we did, but you start to see within them now as they're growing, the, you know, the, the twins are 11. And now they're actually, it's their words and their emotions when they approach in prayer. So they actually ask the Lord to thank him for the day. And they're happy to wake up. They're happy to be have a family and to be housed and fed. And then, then they actually then go before the Lord and, you know, the struggles they're having and those things. It's, it's neat to see that relationship and communication that they have speaking to their Lord um, today compared to when we're real little. They just uh, be joking, you know, help me have a good day and um, please keep me safe and that mom and papa be happy. You know, amen. But now it's it's an evolving discussion of them going before the Lord and you see that and you can hear inflection and tone because that emotion's there. It's neat to see that as they grow. This is Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. A special thanks to Eric and Jolene Gadat as they shared how the Lord is using prayer in their family's life. Very encouraging to hear. You know, we pray for our kids because we love them. And we pray for them because we want to see the Lord use them in mighty ways for his kingdom. We want the Lord to work. But we also pray because we want our children to respond to the Lord. I think back to when Jesus was there in the upper room with his disciples just before Judas betrayed him to be arrested and eventually crucified. He prayed a prayer for his people in that moment that I want you to hear just a little bit of. It's found in John 17. After this, Jesus said, looking up to heaven and praying, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all the people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given to him. Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. They are not of the world, 
even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me, and I am in you. Now that was part of Jesus' high priestly prayer that we read in John 17. There was a lot going on in that prayer, a prayer that truly changed the world. And I want to point out just a few highlights found in this prayer as it relates to how we pray for our children. Notice first that the Father in his glory was first and foremost on Jesus' mind. We do everything we do for the glory of the Lord. It's important never to forget that. We pray because we care about the Lord and his glory. We hope our kids follow Christ, not just because we want them to be saved, but because we long for them to live lives that honor and bring glory to God. But notice something else about Jesus' prayer. It was focused on his people. He prayed once for himself, glorify me as I have glorified you. But the rest of this supper room prayer is focused on us. He wants us to know that everything from Jesus is from the Father. He wants us to know what eternal life is, to know the Lord, to have abundant life in his name. He prayed for our unity. He prayed for our love. Jesus was always focused not just on how we believe, but on what we should do with that belief. And that brings me to a third observation. Jesus prayed for our witness. He said he wasn't just praying for his disciples in the room, but for every single person who would come to know Christ through their words. We're a direct product of their faithfulness, and Jesus prayed for us too. He prayed that we would be the kind of people that honors the Lord with our lives, that we would bring others into the saving knowledge of Christ. He prayed that we would be unified in our love for one another, and that this unity would bring confidence in our identity in the Lord and confidence in our faith. Now stop for a second. Think about this. Jesus Christ, our Savior, the Lord himself in the flesh, took time just before facing a brutal death at the hands of the Roman Empire. And he took that time to pray for us, to pray that we would know him, to pray that others would come to know him through us. And this is why we pray for our children. Yes, we care about them personally. We love them. We want them to know the Lord. But we also want to see the Lord use them for good in this world. We want them to be known for their love and concern for those around them. We want them to be known for being like Jesus, looking for the overlooked and intentionally seeking to love and care for them. We pray, not because we're afraid of what might happen if we don't, but because we are eager to see what the Lord does when we do.
Reverend Andrew Ortega, Lord, I want to be like Jesus. I think we can all agree it's a good thing to be praying for the kids in our lives, but do we do it? And if we do pray for them, how are we praying for them? Now, I don't want to motivate you to pray out of some guilt. I'm not trying to put that kind of a complex on you, but I do want to encourage you that the Lord will use your prayers to do great things in your children's lives. And if you're like me, you need a little help with what to pray and how to pray. And that's what I so appreciate about Melissa Kruger's unique book, Five Things to Pray for Your Kids. It's short and it's helpful. It gives you key areas to be praying from spiritual growth to character development. Each prayer prompt is drawn straight from the Bible. You can use this book over and over to pray for the children in your life. And get ready to see how the Lord will work in their lives as well as yours. I want to send you Five Things to Pray for Your Kids by Melissa Kruger right away for your gift to the ministry. Would you call us right now? Would you call 800-65-HAVEN? 800-65-HAVEN. Or take a look at the sample chapter we've put on our website and see for yourself how easy this book is to use. And you can also make your gift there and ask for the book at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And don't forget, we still have Charles Spurgeon's Morning and Evening Devotional in Modern English for your gift to the ministry. You can ask about that when you call or read about it online. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we'll be sharing together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. One of my children recalls their rebellious teen years riding on an airplane that suddenly dropped, terrified. They promised God that if he saved their life, they would start obeying him. The Lord has heard many a desperate prayer like this from people thinking God's provision is contingent on their obedience. The Israelites believed in a similar lie. God miraculously rescued them from slavery, yet they became suspicious and decided he had led them out of Egypt only to allow them to die. Yet God sent manna. They still disobeyed, but he still provided for them. What kind of God does that? The kind who sent Jesus, the ultimate bread from heaven, who suffered the punishment we deserve for our unbelief. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.